Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Welcome, everybody, to our September show for Dr. Connie's House Calls. Yes, the doctor is in, and she has two incredible guests in studio today to give you some inspiration and wisdom and some information you can use and that's positive and uplifting. And I'm excited about this show because I'm looking at these two beautiful women who are friends of mine who I've known for actually several years now. One of them I know at least for eight years. But they're also very talented businesswomen who've been able to help a lot of people and inspire them. So before I introduce our guests, let me do my little reflection here. The month of September... What's the month of September? When I was growing up back in the, goodness, in the 60s and the 50s and the 70s, whenever it was after Labor Day, it was time to go back to school. Summer was over, back to school. But the good part was we were always looking forward to the fall, which meant Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, so all the good things coming. And in Arizona, we just love the fact that the weather's nicer, it's cooler, the triple digits hopefully are over, so a lot of good things are ahead. I talk about, I love talking about honorable mentions. People talk about shout out, and I don't like to shout because if I have to yell at somebody, I get angry. So let me do my honorable mentions for this month. I would like to say hello and honorable mentions to Paul and Diana Wells in San Diego. They are very good friends of mine from many years ago in my days on board the Navy ship USS Prairie. And I, I remember visiting with them a, a couple weeks ago and talking about where we are in life and how they are with their grandkids and their great-grandkids, so I say hello to them. Also, happy birthday this month to my listeners who are celebrating their September birthday, including, including Laura Ziff, who is having a birthday this month. I also want to congratulate a former guest of ours from last month's show, Jennifer Adams, who is a interior design guru and an author of her book, Love Coming Home, which was released in publication August 21. And she's doing her book tour right now. And she, I hope, I wish her tremendous success. I hope this is a bestseller. I was very honored to write the foreword to that book. So she got me started writing again. So I thank Jennifer for that. Also, as I think about the last, uh, the events for the past month, I always figure things happen in my life for a reason, and, and I wonder how can I share what I've experienced in the last 30 days with other people that may some way help them. So I'm going to call this my sort of lightning rounds or things that, the reason I, I like the word lightning rounds, it's the uh, little tidbits of information from medicine. And in the old days when I was on, on hospital service in the Navy hospital, we called lightning rounds when you would blast through the hospital on a Saturday as an attending. You would meet with your ward team. They would quickly present to you all the new patients that were admitted, and you would spend maybe five or ten minutes presenting in front of the, uh, actually outside the door of the patient, getting the full gist, and then going in and meeting the patient. So you would do it sort of, you know, 30 patients at a time, you know, as you would do that on a morning on a Saturday morning. So lightning rounds is sort of blasting through a couple things, the highlights of them, and things that I think are worth sharing. But one of the things that came to mind, I, I like reading different journal articles, and there was a journal article that I saw in the Wall Street Journal about a month ago, and it was an editorial that was written by John Steele Gordon, and the title of it was Things That Make You Go, Make You Go, Hmm. And I thought it's interesting because we just lost Senator, Senator John McCain here from Arizona. He died August 25th of a brain tumor. It was a glioblastoma, which is rare. Interestingly, Senator Ted Kennedy died of the same brain tumor also on August 25th, nine years earlier. Now, that's really interesting. That, that's a coincidence. You sort of wonder how this, but if you calculate it, what is the probability that that can happen? You know, you sort of wonder, are those things meant to be? And then, you know, you look through history, and I love looking at American presidents. Thomas Jefferson and John Adams were not only signers of the Declaration of Independence, but they each became president. They're also the two presidents who have died on the same day, it was July 4th, 1826, which was the 50th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And President Jefferson's last words were, is it the 4th, the 4th of July? Adams, John Adams' last words were, 
Thomas Jefferson survives. And he was wrong because Jefferson died a few hours before. So that's interesting because they had a rivalry between them. Also July 4, in 1831, President James Monroe died. So what is that about the 4th? What is it significant about that? So there's a, several things in that. You wonder whether synchronicity or is it coincidence. You know, I, I look at these as SFGs or signs from God, and I talk about them in my memoir. And at the time my father passed away in July, I looked back and there was a lot of, there were a lot of SFGs or signs from God. And whether maybe we're seeing messages that only I see, or maybe people are saying, oh, you're putting too much into these signs, I can't help but smile and wonder, perhaps they mean something. When I flew out to San Diego around the time my dad, when my dad was admitted to the hospital, I flew into the the hos, uh, to the uh, the San Diego airport, got my rental car, and I noticed that my rental car was a Focus. It was a Ford Focus. I thought, oh, that's cool. Okay, we'll see what they get. So I thought, well, that's sort of a good theme for this initial visit. It's all about focusing, right? Focus on what's going on with dad. Well, a few days later, I was going to fly out of San Diego, and my dad was relatively stable. I uh, turned in my rental car, went to go sit down at the airport, wait for my flight, and interestingly, my flight was delayed three to four hours, and it was during that three to four hour time period, sitting at the airport at the gate, that my dad's doctor called and told me that his condition had worsened, and that I probably good idea to stay. So I was able to uh, have my assistant Sally uh, change my reservations, postpone them for a few more days, book me another uh, rental car, and book me a room at the hotel. So I go back again to the rental car place, and this time my car is a soul, you know, a soul, S-O-U-L. And I thought, oh, that's good. It's all about now the soul. So went to go see Dad. We decided to put him in hospice, brought him home. He died in his living room a couple days later. And then uh, all went well with that. It was very smooth passing. And then two weeks later, I wonder a bit when what would have been his 94th birthday, uh, I flew out for his funeral. And this time, uh, you know, following the path of initially the focus, the soul, this time it was an infinity that was the car. And I thought, oh, that's, that's a good message, all about, you know, forever, infinity. So we had a, a lovely uh, funeral service. I got the honor of doing his his uh, eulogy, and after the service, uh, John and I were driving back to the airport in, in the uh, Infinity, and I couldn't help but look up and look at, there was a car in front of us with the license plate B4, the n number four, HVN, before heaven. And I thought, well, that's a nice message. So I, I wonder whether it's just coincidental, am I picking these things up? But I always believe there's always messages that we see them because we're meant to see them, and it just really meant a lot to me to do that. So, so I share that with my friends. The other article, I, I want to share this with you because it caught my eye, and it was from Scientific American. Do you know how many friends you have out there? Can you guess, like, how many friends? You, know, you have a lot of acquaintances. You have this huge social network. Well, Scientific American looked at that. They did studies about, about humans as social beings, and how many really good friends we have. And you know, with social media, they're able to track it because you figure how many friends you have online. And you know, we, as humans, we're extremely social creatures. Anthropologists say that our, hi our hyper-social nature helps us become uniquely dominant species. And now with social media, we, you know, we have friends worldwide. So as they do these studies, uh, the, the uh, Facebook people have studied, the Twitter people, you know, you wonder how many close friends, and according to studies, they have confirmed this, that most people have about five intimate friends. Five, count them on your hand. And I call these frequently the hide the body friends. <laughs> and the way I define that, if you wanted to go kill somebody and you wanted to hide their body, there are only five people, less than five, you would call and say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock off so-and-so. And they would get you the truck, the shovel, whatever, and they would lie for you. And I remember one time I gave the same comment about you know hide the body friends to the women at Perryville, Perryville Prison. And they were like, oh, you know, wrong audience, wrong audience. I don't wanna give you guys ideas. But so think, there's only five people. And so you wonder, who are my five? under five. Okay, so you've got five intimate friends, hide the body friends. How many really close friends do you have? Fifteen. You can, have, you can maintain about fifteen close friends. 
Then you have beyond that 50 sort of general friends. You know, people have a big party, about 50. Usually when we have a big party, there are about 50 people, 100 people. If we have a quiet dinner somewhere, it's about, you know, 15. And then if I have like, you know, come to the house, just a few of us, it's like under, under five. So there's your five intimate, your 15 close, your 50 sort of general friends, how many acquaintances can you have? Really, of any meaningful value, 150. If you go beyond that, it's really hard to manage because you forget people. You don't have any relationship because those relationships require your time. So I find that interesting. It's five intimate, 15 close, 50 generalized friends, and 150 acquaintances. So when someone says, I've got 500 people, you know, 500 friends on Facebook, you go, do you really? Do you really know them? So you sort of wonder about that. So those are some numbers. One of the things that came to mind over the past 30 days is I, I have a patient of mine in clinic whose mother passed away recently. And she went to go to her mother's house to go through her mother's things. And she realized her mother was a tremendous hoarder. She, she could not, you know, figure how, I mean, how that escaped her, but she was going through all her mother's closets and drawers, and it was appalling how much a hoarder her mother was. And what was even worse is she had her sister who was living in the house who didn't want to throw anything away. And so, you know, how, how bad is hoarding? And you, you've had television shows that talk about hoarding. And so I looked that up, and the disorder is called compulsive hoarding. It's a hoarding disorder. It's a pattern of behavior that's characterized by excessive acquisition and the inability or unwillingness to get rid of large quantities of objects, or actually pets. They have animal hoarding too, like cats. So the inability to get rid of these things that cover the living areas of your home and what, what makes it a disorder is these, this affects their quality of life. And I was reading there was a case study of a woman who was about 60 years old that she actually died from the consequence of hoarding. And it's almost, it's tragic comedy in, in essence. She, her telephone was ringing and it was under a pile of stuff in her house. She was trying to get to the stuff and the stuff, whatever she hoarded, fell on her and suffocated her. And she died, so it was death, death by hoarding. So how prevalent is it? You, know, you see a lot about it on TV. It's like, oh my gosh, it's hoarding. And actually, the the scientists say about two to five percent of Americans meet the criteria for being hoarders. And it's written by a, a hoarding specialist, uh, Dr. David uh, Toland, who is a PhD, and he wrote a book called Buried in Treasures. What a great name. And he finds that panic disorder may affect about 1% of these people. So high anxiety, definitely OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, about 2%. So that makes for the combination. And how do you diagnose it? Well, you can tell they've got accumulated a lot of stuff, can't get rid of it. There's no really great cure other than for a match. <laughs> it's a cruel thing, you, a fire that can do it, but that doesn't really solve their disorder. Uh, this, this disorder, they say, commonly is in men, which I find surprising. It gets worse as they get older. So high risk are men who are OCD, who are compulsive. They can also be perfectionists. And the other thing is that they're procrastinators. They don't want to have to make a decision, do I get rid of this? What do I do with it? So they're really compelled to, to keep, keep those things. It gives them comfort. One of the common themes is there was some sense of loss in their life, of a tragedy, they lost something, and it's their way to control it. So, and it's, they do suffer because they're immobilized by these things. And, and I, I look back as, as, as family members die and they leave things for their kids, and they've done studies nowadays that when people die, their children, if, if your kids are in their 60s, 50s, 40s, they don't want your stuff, folks. So if you're thinking, if you're in your 80s, 70s and you want to say, well, I want to leave my china set, my china cabinet to my kids. You know what? Your kids don't want it. They're going to sell it. They're going to wonder, what the heck are we doing with it? So, you know, what do you leave them with? And, and going back to the disorder itself, you know, how do you treat it? It's, you know, identify it. If this is causing a person problem, you can speak up, but most people will resent it. And if families argue over it, you just let them be. If it's, it's really causing disruption in their individual lives, then you ask them to go get some help, cognitive behavior. Sometimes if you treat the OCD, that might help. Various things, so think about that. So I wanna pause for a little break now and then we'll come back and we're gonna talk with our guests. So stand by. The future of online TV is here. 
view exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the President of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families, Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano. This is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to House Calls with me, Dr. Connie. I, uh, I am really delighted to have in studio two amazing women business owners who have helped so many people in their professions. Today I have in studio Carly Klein, and she's actually helped me and a lot of my patients, and I'll explain that in a few seconds. I brought in Carly because I talk about the main event, meaning M-A-N-E. It's all about hair. You know, and I, it's a common phrase in society, you know, so-and-so is having a good hair day. And I know very well if I'm not having a good hair day, I, I, it's miserable. I'm lost. I, can't, I cannot function. And I look back at my times when I was at the White House, and on the president and the first lady schedule, commonly they'll have hair and makeup. That's very important because it's all about appearance. And appearance adds to your confidence, your self-image. And our stereotypes of really society are, it's really about our hair because our hair reflects vitality, vigor, youth. Uh, Men, you know, they always say you want a guy with great thick hair. Uh, The only thing that you want to see bald are little cute babies, you know. It's, you know, you can't help it, but it's sort of a downer if you're dating a guy who's bald. I mean, he could be wonderful, but... You know, if you're telling your girlfriend, I met this sweet bald guy, they always add little bald guy. It's like, why is that, right? Yeah. And and then guys will say, well, you know, she's got long blonde hair. Or, or you know, no one ever, or just, you know, what is her hair like? Wait, and it's like, oh, man, she's got long hair. Oh, so it's a big deal. Hair is a big deal. And people go, well, that's so superficial. But it isn't. It, it impacts the quality of your life, how you feel. But there are medical reasons why it's important about your hair. And as a physician, as an internist, when coming, someone comes to me and say, Dr. Connick, 
I'm losing tons of hair. You know, we talk about that. You worry about hyperthyroidism. You worry about medications. You worry about your hormonal influences that, that cycle through there. But I wanted Carly Klein to come in. And I met Carly through a mutual friend, I think, a couple of years ago. And let me, let me read you Carly's bio that she submitted. <laughs> First of all, Carly is a game changer in the image industry and has been working with the most elite companies for the past 13 years. She spent eight of those years working as vice president of a prestigious dermatology office in Scottsdale specializing in hair loss treatments. In 2009, Carly developed a passion helping females who are suffering from hair loss and cancer patients, after which she founded the National Hair Loss Foundation, or National Hair Loss, which is her company, and her company uses, utilizes cutting-edge hair restoration treatments. She designed hair recovery programs customized to each patient's specific type of hair loss, and she includes a very comprehensive follow-up program, which is outstanding. In 2010, she established her relationship with Honor Health's Virginia G. Piper's Cancer Center and helping chemotherapy patients stimulate hair growth with tremendous success. And as you know, one of the, the sad chemotherapy side effects is hair loss in, in, in women. And, and in men as well. So Carly has been able to help them, offer them hair recovery programs, and she's expanded that to include genetics, hormonal, diet, medical, and treat all forms of alopecia. She believes it's her mission to provide support, education, treatment to patients and their families as they journey down the road of renewed health. And she's helped so many physicians as myself in my practice, my patients, oncologists around the world. She travels internationally, she was in Japan, speaking to clients there. She is involved with her community by serving on advisory boards, uh, for example, in Arizona, the Women of Scottsdale, careers through culinary arts program, and Arizona's American Cancer Society's annual gala. So, and you can reach her, you can actually go online to nationalhairlossassociation.com. We're gonna have that on our website so you can look up Carly Klein's business. If you need help, you can call her office to see one of her assistants and her, and her and to meet with her and she can help you. So thanks Carly for being here Thank today. Thank you for having me. Tell us about tell us about hair loss. You're the guru. If, if someone said, well, what's that all about? Well, I can tell you um, the whole reason that I got, I don't think anybody grows up thinking, hey, I'm gonna be in hair loss. I think once you've experienced it, um, in fact, uh, most of my team members that work for me left their careers to learn about hair loss and now work for me to help other people, which I love. Um, we have this compassion because we've all experienced it. And uh, in dermatology, I found that there was very few answers and there was a very short time period of that a doctor could actually stay with you during that. And when a woman especially is losing her hair, it's her crown of glory. It's what makes us feel pretty. How many women do we see walking around with hair loss that are leaders in our, we don't see anybody. We cover it, we hide it. We see a lot of men with shaved hairs that are in respective positions and it's normal. But the reality is we're walking around with a disease and it's just that we're used to seeing it. And so uh, if I have a man come in with hair loss, he doesn't just say, oh my gosh, look at what my thyroid did. Uh, he comes in because he's got thinning because of genetics, he realizes it. A woman never realizes that she has genetic. Um, what's interesting to find is that 15 years ago getting into hair loss, how it's changed. Uh, men, it's the same. The bulk of men's hair loss is a sensitivity to DHT. It happens between 18 and 29. The bulk of women's hair loss, I'm, I'm seeing patients from 55 to 75. My average now is 14 to 40. Wow, so the demographic, that young, 14. Yes. Yeah, in fact, we have between, I would say 10% of our patients are between 6 and 13 years old mm. because we have autoimmune, mm -hmm. because we're seeing a huge uptick mm -hmm. in autoimmune. So what we do is when we see them, we can decipher, is this an autoimmune disease and how do we treat it? We do huge amount. Uh, Phoenix Children's Hospital sends a lot of their kiddos to us to, to really find out why, it, why we can't get their alopecia areata or something like that. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we try to really educate and uh, 
talk to them about why are they losing their hair. Number one thing that I hear from women is why am I shedding mm-hmm. all this hair mm-hmm. in the shower, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the interesting thing, the first time you look up in the mirror and you see a, uh, an issue, you've already lost 50%. Wow. So it's like aging. None of us notice that we're aging until a wrinkle appears. Mm -hmm. None of us know that we're losing it until we've lost 50%. That doesn't mean 50% is gone, but we now have methods to completely stabilize hair loss. It's just we've got to figure out where you're at in that scope of things. And I think a lot of women want to get a, a vitamin or they get prenatals because they think during their pregnancy they had it, and that's really not the case. Wow, it's you know it shocks me. I'm I'm 63, and I've always had thick, long, great hair, which I loved, and I never much paid attention to it until probably around age 57, 58, and then I started same thing. I go, what is all this stuff in the shower? Or I brush my hair. What is all this? And then little by little, I started noticing the crown and like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. Also, the texture changes, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times the first person a woman will ask is their hairdresser, right? right. Your hairdresser, yeah. and I asked him. I said. My hairdresser, I said, how many 60-year-olds you know have long hair? And he's like, none. I'm like, oh, no. And I said, I won't. You know, I, I did the extensions for a while. I did that. And I thought, you know, and that's really when I went to you for help. And, and tell us, like, what if a woman comes to you, and, and it pretty much it's genetic, it's hormonal, and you've looked at that. It's not hyperthyroid. It's not a connective tissue disease. It's not inflammatory. What's your basic approach to treating them? Yeah, I mean, we just had a great uh, write-up in Hollywood Reporter because we are doing some cutting-edge treatments with amniotic. Uh, We're doing a lot of stem cells. We're doing a lot of things like that. But the first protocol that we do is we make sure that all the blood work's been done, okay? We need to make sure that the body's doing well, okay? Then one of the newest things that we brought on was the hair analysis, Mm -hmm. which is great. Mm -hmm. So just like if you go get blood work, it's really about what's relevant right now. But if you take the hair, we can actually see from three months ago what's actually going on. Do you have parasites? What metals do you have in your body? What food intolerances? That is why we've seen hair loss go from 55 to 75, now change to teenage years because of the processed foods, the pollution, everything. So our... um, our accelerating the hair to come back has changed tremendously because we can change the diet. We can get on vitamins that are specific to them. Um, once we look at the hair under a microscope, we can really see what type of hair loss that they're having. And then that's when we can do some type of protocol. But there's a lot of different treatments now to help. Um, by the time we leave, we always tell patients, we don't want you to make a decision. We just want to teach you about it so that when you walk away, you're not going to the store and buying things that really are not going to do the job. The thing that really impressed me about what you do is you really educate people. You photograph them before, during, after, you know, their treatment. The fact that you sit down, you explain what happens, and you actually photograph. You take Mm -hmm. close-ups, images of their hair loss in microscopic views so that patients can see over time. And they're like, oh, my gosh, because unless they see it, you know, you show on the crown and the temples and all that, and it's like, look, and you're like, oh, my gosh, huge difference. Yeah. And as a physician, commonly when this started coming up in my practice, you know, and I would talk to traditionally trained dermatologists, and all they would say, you know, God bless them, because they look at other types of diseases, they would say, all right, just check for iron deficiency anemia, Check, you know, make sure they're not deficient, make sure they're not hypo or hyperthyroid, make sure they're not postpartum because you can shed after that. But the, the thing about anemia, they said make sure their serum iron ferritin is greater than etc. But then, you know, obviously in addition to getting a good checkup by your physician, when you've said, okay, we've ruled out all that, it's genetic, it's, you know, the follicle is is wearing out over time. But I think what's amazing that you brought up is that young young clients, uh, young teenagers right. are coming in yeah. and they're getting help for this. Well, and we've had, we've had, I just had a conversation with a mother last week that her son is 14, he's on the hockey team and he's having a hard time. He still pees the bed. He's was having oh. a really hard time. Huge, you know, softball size um, uh, hair that was gone. And his life was consumed. And we just did a simple diet change on him. And she called us crying that I finally have my son back, his hair's back. 
So we know that the digestive system is such a huge um, culprit in why we're having such youthful um, hair loss right now. Um, but I think what, what we do is we, we do like what you do. It's a concierge service. It's not here's a product, mm -hmm. we'll see you later. We really mm -hmm. have got to track to make sure what, what works and what doesn't. And we don't leave them until we get it fixed. And if not, we have uh, trained physicians we, we send them to, to to get them what they need. But for, they need to get answers. You know, for diet, are there what are there foods that you find are, are most helpful to promote hair maintenance? And yeah, absolutely. Health? I think the the when we go into diet, I think the only time that we run into big issues is vegans and vegetarians that aren't getting proper amounts of amino acids and and um, certain types of proteins. Mm -hmm. Okay, but when we go into um, people who are eating foods that they're intolerant to that they don't know. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, we're a creature of habit. We don't eat a lot of different varieties of grains. We're all on this gluten-free um, or, you know, paleo, and we eat the same things. And so our system builds a, an intolerance to those things, and it creates inflammation in the body. Mm -hmm. And what is hair loss is really an inflammatory issue. And so what we do is when we do tests, we can actually find out all those things. For instance, when I did myself, it was apples, oh, pineapple, wow. lettuce. So things that oh are actually gosh. good for you yeah. were really hard on me. And that's for you. It's more personalized medicine. What's yes. going to work for you, for, for you may not work for somebody else. You know, I think it's amazing. Tell us a little bit about the laser cap that you use. Yeah, so one of the things that we do, and, and this is what I go and help uh, doctor's offices throughout all of uh, the United States, is that we really try to to talk about what is the latest to help with female pattern hair loss. Mm -hmm. And female pattern hair loss because we don't have a medication yet to stop it like we do for men. Men are always easy. DHT is produced out of the testicles. We know how to stop it. With mm -hmm. women, it's all over. Mm -hmm. And so now we have medical grade lasers that can actually open up the blood vessels. They can do it at home. It's 98 to 99% successful in totally stopping the hair loss. Awesome. And actually, I have a cap and it really works. I've yeah. been really been able to do that. We could talk for hours about this, but I, I just wanted the audience to get an idea that you're there. Your organization, your company is there. It's been a tremendous help to me and my patients. So if you're out there and you're struggling with hair loss or if a loved one is, definitely make sure your doctor knows so you can rule out medically uh, medical causes. And look up Carly Klein, K-L-I-N-E, at National Hair Loss in Scottsdale. And she can help you and her people can, and it can really make a difference for you. So I'm going to pause again, and we'll be back in a few minutes with our other guests, Katina Patrickwin, and it'll be about the main event, M-A-I-N, when we talk about memorializing events like weddings and happy times like that. So stay tuned. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano. This is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Thank you for returning to our final segment of Dr. Connie's House Calls. In the previous segment, we had... A wonderful conversation with Carly Klein of National Hair Loss, who talked about some of the causes of hair loss, why it's important to get it treated, and especially just all the things she's been able to do to find help for women and men and actually younger uh, patients to to get hair for their uh, to get help for their hair loss. We're going to change speed a little bit to going from the main event as in hair to the main event as in weddings and photography. And our, our, our guest here for the final segment is Katina Patrickwin. And I met Katina over eight years ago when my husband and I were planning our wedding. And I asked the wedding planner, who do you use for photography? And that's a personal thing because you want to make sure your wedding reflects the joy and the beauty. And you know you keep these pictures forever. And I, and I look at, you know, what do people say, you know, when they die, right? What do you say, we leave behind? You leave behind your pictures. That's, that lasts forever. Those are those memories that you capture. So that's a special thing. It's pretty intimate. So I met Katina then, and she did the most spectacular photos. They actually made me look skinny, which was really cool, because every bride <laughs> wants to look skinny, and my hair, hair looked really good. It did. So, but let me let me tell you a little about, but about Katina. She has her own... Uh, private photography in Scottsdale, but she does travel. I know she's traveled to California. A little bit about her background. She was born and raised on a farm. She came from a hardworking family with ambition and passion to do what she does. She has a background of authenticity. She is really honest, amazing, authentic person who I just delight and I've had dinner with her a couple of times. She's hilarious, great sense of humor, but her eye is keen. She can pick up things nobody else can see, which I think is incredible. Uh, She uh, loves what she does, even though she wasn't born with a camera in her hands. She had to see life first with her own eyes. She is a wife and a mother, and she's an incredible mother. She's got three amazing sons. I knew her before she had her first son, and she's a great mom, and you can see it in her pictures. But I think Katina's many gifts is the fact that she's invisible. When you're having a private moment with your groom, you're looking at each other, and you don't even know she's there. She's like ninja. She's <laughs> doing the photography. She's capturing those moments, and you're like, oh my gosh, because when people say, pose, you're not going to pose. She's just there, and she's invisible, and you just carry on, and she just captures that. And so I wanted to, to talk with her. Welcome, Katina. Thank you for having me. And, and really, part of it, too, is we talk about weddings that are coming up, because your busy season's coming up. You're it always is. busy, but your busy season's coming up. But tell us how you got into photography and, and what you do. You know what? It was kind of just um, just a, a, a weird thing how it happened. Basically, I was getting married myself, and I fell in love with the process. I fell in love with, you know, picking all the details for my wedding, and I, I had never picked up a camera before in my life. Um, and my husband was like, you know, I think this might be something you might like. And I was like, I don't even know anything about photography. And so he bought me a camera for a wedding present. I still have it. And I basically took to Google, and I was like, that's it. This is what I'm going to do. You didn't uh, do do a photography course or I'm anything? I'm all self-taught, um, and uh, I just, you know, Google is your friend. Wow. Oh, my good. No, so. what time? 
type of camera did he give you? It was a Canon. Uh -huh. It was a Canon, yeah. And so I've been faithful to that ever since. And recently now I've switched. Uh, I keep Canon, but I also have went back and started shooting more film. So film is making a comeback. But that's how I got started. And all I, I did was I knew that I wanted to make this one thing in focus and everything else blurry. I had no technical terms. Um, I just kind of fell in love with it and there was no looking back at that point. So when you started that, at what point you said, I can do this for a living, I can make money off this, make this a business, at what point did that happen? You know, I think for me, the passion that you have for something, I don't think your initial reaction is, how can I make money? Mm -hmm. It's like, I love this so much. Mm -hmm. And I think what happened for me organically is people really saw that and it just kind of evolved into, into a business. Um, and so that's pretty much, I always tell people it's about, you know, 10% about your talent, but 90% about business. So right, then I had right. to go back and really learn the business aspect in order to support the passion that I had for it. So how many weddings do you do a year? Generally speaking, I like to keep it around 15. Wow, I, it's still a lot. Mm, I yeah. do. I, I don't like to what I call turn and burn. Yeah, I right. really like to treat each wedding individual because it's really your individual story. So I really like to keep it to probably like 12 to 15. So when someone says, okay, Katina, you know, they sign you up, do their wedding, do you meet with them first and get an idea and they look at your portfolio? I prefer to. However, in Arizona, we have a lot of destination weddings. Oh. So sometimes I don't get the privilege. Sometimes I meet them for the first time on their wedding day. Really? Um, so really getting to, I think one of the skills that um, I have managed to kind of have, which I'm very fortunate, is just immediately making that connection mm -hmm. because you're spending the most intimate day one of the most intimate days of your life mm -hmm. with me I'm a stranger essentially um, so to make that connection and be like don't worry I got your back you know I, I'm gonna be here to really capture the essence of the love that you guys share together and it's really it's actually just a privilege for me were there any surprises when you started doing this um, the only surprise was I was probably like it was probably three or four years into it and I was getting ready to go to a wedding and my husband was like do you realize that you're capturing like the most important day of people's lives? Like, don't you get nervous? <laughs> oh, and I was I, like, I, I am now. Uh, I am now. I am now. <laughs> you maybe told me this when I got home tonight. <laughs> um, but to be honest with you, I so love what I do. And I, I actually, when I get to your wedding, it's almost like it's my wedding. Yeah. I almost relive it again. Oh so my. it's kind of a little bit selfish in those regards. <laughs> but I'm so excited that I don't even think about about that. I just they are. I mean, if you go online and and we're going to post on our website your your um, your website so that it's Katina Patrick and Photography. It's www.katinaphotography.com, which is a beautiful name. How'd you get Katina? K A T I N A. Yeah, it's a beautiful you know name. My dad and his family is uh, Bohemian, not like the gypsies. Um, <laughs> I the think for that's real, sort of cool. <laughs> the for real Bohemians from Bohemia, and I think it's a derivative of Katarina. I'm oh. asked that a lot. A lot of people think it's Greek, but we're actually Bohemians. So. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Let's go back to your photography, your art. Um, is there anything you advise people like right before they get married? I mean, on makeup or anything special, mm. things that you don't want them to do? Generally or? speaking, and I hope I don't make anyone upset, mm -hmm. um, spray tans I would tend oh. to veer away from. Because it's fakey looking? Uh, it tends on digital to sometimes come really orange, the Ooh. undertones. So I would tend to do something that's more natural. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, just make sure the makeup, a lot of times people, I always tell people, don't be someone you're not. Yeah. You know how you go on yeah. a trip and you're like, I'm going to wear this really big hat, but really you're not a hat person. Yeah, that's and you not just her. call it through the airport <laughs> and you're like, why did I bring this hat with me? Um, so I always tell people, just be who you are. Yeah. Don't be something that you're not just yeah. for the sake of yeah the show. For all the weddings you've done, how many? You've been you've been a photographer, professional photographer. How many years now? Oh, I started it right after my wedding, so probably 11, 11 Oh my years. gosh, so you think of all the weddings, are there any of them that just stand out to you? Other than mine. No, no. But that <laughs> was my reception, that was my reception. But but are there any events that just stick out, like, oh my gosh, you just remember that when you look back at all the memories? Um, yes, there is one. Um, there is one that I learned about later after the ceremony that basically the bride had been diagnosed with um, cancer mm -hmm. and um, he 
did not they did not want to wait until their wedding day so I didn't realize it until afterwards um, and I said well let's sign the marriage license and he said I've already married her because I couldn't wait one day after learning that news and it was oh, just wow. like Ugh. oh wow so but she's good she's healthy and all is good um, oh, but wow. it was just one of those things that just goes to show that love never fails right yeah oh yeah, yeah. but it's the fact that you know I, I as a physician are inv- am involved in those intimate patients, you know, in the moments with patients where you hear their secrets and you th- see things. It's a great privilege to be part of that. But you capture it with your lens, your camera, but you know your sense of timing, you know the angle. It's just so many things when I look back at the pictures that I have. And and I, I, I got permission from Carly to share this because Carly is getting married soon, our our guest from the previous part. Carly, do you want to tell about oh, well, your I, upcoming nuptials? Yeah, so, so I'm sitting here talking to Connie one day, and she's asking me about my wedding coming up. And I said, yeah, I got a great photographer, and her name is Katina. She goes, well, guess what? She did my wedding. <laughs> I said, well, apparently she she must be good. So we were very excited. But I, I met Katina at a Starbucks, and I, I've not, we were laughing. And I thought, you know what? This is great because she's making me feel this comfortable. And yeah. I've only met her for five minutes. I can't even imagine, you know, in five weeks uh, on on a day that you're stressed. Yeah. Um, that's all I've heard about her from people who have worked with her. Because I had another patient who who's worked with her as well, and they just said they make her feel so you feel so comfortable, yeah. and uh, they make you laugh and comfortable. Well, thank you. So yeah, it is. You know, actually, it's good advice for anybody who's thinking of hiring a photographer. Meet with them first. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's really hard the very first day. You're nervous as it is. But before that, meet with your photographer. Meet with them and just get comfortable so that you don't, it's not the first time. Like, oh, my God, it's the guy with the camera, the gal with the camera. That's a person. They're going to be shooting me. Right. It's like, you know. So that's a great, great advice. Any Anything that, that you want to pass on as you, you get ready for your wedding? Um you know, I, I have no idea because I feel like I'm just getting started. But I can tell you what attracted me to, to her photos is uh, everything was so white and bright, and yeah. it just looks really magical. I mean, yeah. really, it does. I mean, she captures things that, like, nobody else. And oh, so when you. I saw her yeah. stuff, I was like, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then her personality along with it. But, yeah, I think you need to drink heavily um, the, the couple <laughs> weeks before. It increases <laughs> your age. <laughs> Me or you? I don't know. The the photos will be really interesting. I know. I know she likes wine, so I said no wine, but you know, wine after. Well, you know, I have her. Whenever I have a big party at my house, usually a Christmas party where everybody's dressed and we're all made up, and I'm like, I said we got to have Katina photograph because you were there for my husband's 60th birthday party, and we had such a blast. Yeah. And people love it. I always say, okay, here are the pictures. Let me know if you want to order. But we had the best pictures from that event because it was a happy time. you know and you have your dear friends and when you look back I I I assembled a a framed sort of collection of photos from John's 60th birthday party and we had friends there and we your photographs were there on our wall they're framed and some of those guys have already died uh, a couple years later and you're just like oh my gosh that was the last time we saw them and you'd be surprised how many people that I speak to that you know Basically, I like to be your eyes for your mm-hmm, wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, I might notice that that grandpa is, you know, shedding a little bit of a tear. Well, you're standing up there taking your vows. You're not noticing those things. And I've had so many people say that picture just means so much to me because he passed away shortly mm-hmm. after that. Or, you know, and so I like to be your eyes and be able to tell your story back to you after the day has passed. Who are the most difficult people to photograph? If you've ever had anybody challenge you? How many people are listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> Other photographers? No, really. Who, who, who uh, you know what? I really think um, I tend to be a little bit of an empath, which is a positive and also can work against me. But what I try to do is if I feel that there's anyone that might be, you know, if the bride's uneasy about maybe mm-hmm. a mother-in-law mm-hmm. or someone, I try to run interference. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I try to, so it's kind of like you're a photographer, but you also have to be like, Listen, I can see you're a little bit nervous about this. We're going to take you and do something else right now. Right, you know, so right. I try to really moment. feel because there's so many emotions that day, and I tend to feel them all, which is why I drink when I go home. Yes. <laughs> Just which kidding. impacts your sleep, yeah. which we need exactly. to talk about in our next exactly. show is about sleep. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you, what do you think makes you so good? You know what? I don't really ever believe that I'm so good. I think that it's always an evolution of learning and I never want to have that, you know, that idea of I've reached the pinnacle of everything that I need to learn. Um, I really think just being able to sense people's connection 
uh, I think, to be able to see their connection that they have together and let them feel comfortable in that moment um, is really a blessing that I'm able to witness and also try to perfect. That way, my images are pretty much, it's pretty it's easy if you're comfortable and yeah. you're in that moment. Well, you're great at what you do. Thank you. Are there any photos that in your own collection that you cherish? Maybe of your ki- your sons, your husband, or family? I mean, do you have any special ones that are very... Like, for example, I, I, I last month I was in Maui with my family. Family vacation. We survived Hurricane Lane. Oh. The following morning, we, you know, we did fine in the hurricane. The following morning, we get a... Somebody's pounding on the rental house at 4.30 in the morning saying, you need to evacuate now. You have, you know, 15 minutes to get out of this house because you've got brush fires on the hill. And we're like, oh my gosh. So we have nine adults, two little toddlers, and it was like, what do you do? So luckily, I mean, we had brought our suitcases, but you know, you can't bring that. So what would you evacuate in 15 minutes if you have to get the heck out of there? So, but you look at what, you know, when you look back, those things you cherish, what would you, when you look back, what are those special things you remember that you would save? I mean, if if I were in that in that situation, that would be tough. But there are a few things that really stand out to me. Uh, for example, my my grandmother, who was ninety years old, wrote a book um, when she was eighty, ninety years old. Um, is kind of like our our history. But then there's also one photograph, um, and it's just there's it's so funny how one photograph can really just symbolize so many things. It was right before I went down the aisle to my own wedding, and my dad, who's a real tough bohemian was staring straight ahead and I the photographer happened to catch me just looking through my veil like yeah. are you going to be okay yeah Aww. I and remember just, did you post that on Facebook uh, yes I have I love yeah. that picture where he looks really he's like like a yeah. marine sergeant yeah. or somebody yeah. he's looking straight ahead and you're you can look over peeking out of your veil yeah Aww. looking because, at your dad you know you can't yeah. put love is not tangible yeah but you if it's it. captured correctly oh, in a yeah. photograph it's so tangible yeah but your kids are, are, are kids easy to photograph for you um well, I threaten mine. Does that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it is. I think the parents tend to. What I always tell parents is, however you're expecting this to go, throw it out the window. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know what? There's nothing better. It might not be the exact you know envision that you had of how your family portrait's going to look, but it's the time and the place that you're in right now. Because you know, you know, you, you think of when we were growing the Olin Mills photos, and the, yeah. are people doing what kind of creative things are you seeing families do now for their photos? Oh my gosh, I have families every year that try to like outbeat each other. We've had carousels. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, you know, we've had um, all all sorts of different things. But I think in essence, um, people are just trying to individualize it, and really, what I like to try to tell them is just still make it about who their family is in the time that they're in. Have you had any sort of outrageous weddings or events that you've had to photograph? Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, she's not going to tell me about did, it. Did I tell her that my <laughs> wedding's underwater? Oh, she okay. Like, oh, no. <laughs> You're going to have to have a scuba gear for <laughs> yeah. that. I think, uh, I think the first thing I asked Katina was, I have a wharf vein. Can you, are you going to be able to edit <laughs> well, this out? Do you, yeah, do you, what do you do with airbrushing? Do you airbrush? Because people say, oh, I want you uh, to airbrush. Generally speaking, what I try to do is, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I like this side of me or I like that side, and I can never tell the difference. <laughs> um, but generally, I think that um, putting people people in a very, you know, in, in the right position. And if if you see the intensity between two people within a photograph, you're not going to notice that vein. You're just going to see the magic that yeah. happens between two people. So Wow. I love it. So yeah. everyone listening, go online. Look for Katina Patrickwin Photography. She's beautiful. Her work is beautiful. Yes. Thank you. And if she hasn't done your wedding, go find somebody to get married so she can do <laughs> <Yes>. your wedding. <laughs> so listen, we're wrapping up our show. I want to thank Katina for her interview and, and for the beautiful photography. I just love it. I, I intentionally have parties so I can invite you so you can have some <laughs> wine and you can photograph my friends in, 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 in their merry uh, ways. And then I want to thank Carly for really making sure that I, I try to maintain my hair as long as I can before I resort to cutting it and doing other things. I'm not going to let you. No, don't <laughs> let me cut it. I know. Because really, it's it's about, about taking care of ourselves and also it's the image we portray, but also to try to find those happy moments that yeah. we share. So thank you for listening in to our September show on Dr. Connie's House Calls and just have a great month. God bless you all. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week.